0: This is Actually, You Are a real runner, Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline with com, where I teach you to consistently take daily action so you can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. Today on the podcast, I have Kim Schlag. How are you doing?
1: Hi. Thanks so much for having me, Jacqueline. I'm well.
0: Great. It's great to have you. So Kim is a personal trainer. She's a nutrition coach. Um, I was on her podcast two years ago and it took me a long time to get my shit together <laughs> to have her on. So I wanted to share that, like, you know, t- 2020 was a mess. And if you are crawling out still mid 2021, trying to get your shit together, um, it's taking me <laughs> this long to get my shit together. So anyway, ha- so let's jump in and um, yeah, how have you been? How are things by you?
1: Uh, I'm feeling so happy that the world is coming back to life. Right. It's this just sense of great relief that I can do things like go on a trip or uh, we're going to go to the movies tonight for the very first time. We used to we used to go a couple times a month and tonight's going to be our family's first time back in the movies since February 2020. <sighs> it's
0: crazy. Right. Just normal it, things like that. Just being it just something.
1: feels so yeah. joyful.
0: Yeah. Good. Good. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. I really love the message that you share on Instagram and your story. Um, so let's jump in a little bit and go like, let's go back. Like, have you always been athletic? Have you always been?
1: (laughs) I have not actually, it's funny people. So I'm 50 and people who knew me as a younger person, like as a teenager or even in college, like, and they see what I do now. And they're like, confused. (laughs) Like they're really confused because athlete is not a word that I or anyone else would have used to describe me. So in high school, like I dabbled in team sports, but it was really an effort to just have some friends. I was terrible at it. Like I just fumbled around. I didn't feel competent at it. I didn't have good experiences with it. I was a, I was a theater girl. Like I like being in the plays. That's what I like doing. I like singing. I like dancing. I like acting. That's what I liked, you know? And I, um, as far back as I can remember, I've, I was not, I was not overweight, but I always wanted to lose weight. I was the girl as a teenager who's like, I, I need to lose five pounds. And I look at those pictures now and I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? And that has persisted that, you know, that, that stayed with me all through my twenties. I was trying to lose weight when my husband and I got engaged. I was 28. We were, we both had a goal weight in mind. Believe it or not, this is crazy. It was the same weight, but he was trying to gain weight and I was trying to lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I, these are just distinct memories. I was always chasing this five pounds. Fast forward to my thirties. I had three kids, um, difficult pregnancies gained 50 pounds with every single one, never fully losing those 50 pounds with each one. By the time I was 38, I was morbidly obese. And, uh, that is I would say that was the the low point in my relationship with my body, but I've already at that point had what, two decades of struggling with my body, right? I was not unhealthy before, but I had an unhealthy mentality about my body.
0: Right. And I think that that's so persistent in every woman's relationship with their body. And I've heard that with my mom too, like being like, like rail thin, but still thinking like, oh gosh, I need to lose weight.
1: Yeah. And you know, for me, I think it was a lot like, look, I'm a little tiny person. I'm five, three and a half. And I, uh, I've always had more curves as in like, I have hips and a butt that was not fashionable. Like having a butt in the 1980s was not like having a butt now, right? (laughs) Like no one was out there trying to figure out how to do that. We all wanted to get rid of the dang thing. And so I was really into fashion and I'd look at these magazines and be like, I don't look like these people. Like, how can I look like these people? And it was it was not. I wouldn't say all-consuming, but it was a constant thought in my mind at all times. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, I was just listening. I'm listening to Brene Brown's book Rising Strong, and she was saying something similar of like, well, she was saying that she had hair on her toes, and she would look at Seventeen magazine and be like, none of these models have this. I don't look like them. Well, I can't do anything about this, but I guess I'll buy these products and try to like do something to my body to look like these models. Yeah, Just that like constant comparing yourself to what you should
1: look like. Absolutely. And if we think about how that has like sped up now and just infiltrated our lives, like 17 Magazine, that was a go-to for me when I was a teenager, right? Now, and that would come like once a month. And even though I got most of the magazines, so maybe I get like three or four magazines a month. Yeah. Now it's like all day, every day in front of these kids' faces, and all of us, right? So Instagram, all these things, they're constantly comparing themselves, not only to fashion magazines. But to their friends who have digitally altered their bodies, right? <laughs> so it's like it is—it's um, a whole different level now of what um, what we want our bodies to do and be. That said, it might sound like I'm saying here being like anti-weight loss, and that's not it. Like, <laughs> because it's literally what I do for a living. Like, I help women lose weight in a sensible, sane way. Specifically, I work with women who are 40 and over to get past what I did for years, which was yo-yo diet and following all the fads and all the trends and all the stuff that didn't work and like trying to do it super fast. And like, I just, uh, you know, I want people to be able to move past that and get to a point where they can learn to lose weight in a way that they're not coming from a place of, I hate my body, but from Mm -hmm. a place like I want to feel good and I can feel good now. And a lot of that comes from the fact that we don't focus on like beating our bodies into submission. Like I don't work with women on doing that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause it's like this one, you can, sometimes people will feel shame about wanting to change their body because of their experience in the past and them not wanting to fall into those things. But Mm -hmm. also like you can have both. You can like realize like it is really shitty what, how we compare ourselves. And also it's okay that I want to change something about myself. Like it's okay. Like I put makeup on. I changed something about my body this morning, put makeup on. Right. And
1: we're just talking I about have it. hair, extensions you know, hair. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm wearing a spray tan. Like, I don't think that we, I don't think like wanting to do something to our bodies, like to beautify in some way is a bad thing. I think it has to do with our mental state around that.
0: Sure. Yeah. So what changed for you? So you were, you're yo-yo dieting, um, or you're not liking your body- um, you get to a point where you're morbidly obese and you're not feeling comfortable. What
1: changed? Um, I tried a lot of wrong things. Yeah, and for me, I got to the point, and I think this is a benefit of being a woman of a certain age. We get to the point where we can see through the bullshit, right? I can't believe I just swear. I don't even swear. That was really weird. <laughs> I don't even know. Why. That was so bizarre. I, <laughs> um, I just could see through it. And I could see that all these things that people were offering me were not going to work because I'd tried some version in the past and I was really confused and I had no idea what was going to work, but it became very clear to me, the whole list of things that wouldn't. Can and you that,
0: share, what, what were those? Like the things, uh, that, the bullshit.
1: Anything that involved me cutting out almost everything I would usually eat, right? Eat these two or three things, pair these three or four foods together, do this one weird trick, buy this one product. Um, I was devastated when um, Dr. Oz came out, and was talking about Garcinia cambogia. And I was really excited. I knew this was the thing for me. Like this was going to be it. And I remember feeling devastated when my friend had it and I read the label and it was contraindicated with a medication I used. And I was like, that's it. I've lost out. Like I'm never going to be able to lose the weight right now. So all of this was fresh in my mind. She used that and she didn't lose a pound, right? Yeah. And so like all of these things, I'm like, none of this works. It's not this. And then that combined with the fact I happened to have a really weird. Um, I We had somebody move into our home. So my husband was the leader of our congregation. We have a lay congregation at church. He's the leader of the congregation. He comes home to me one day and says like, there's this kid. He's 19. He needs some place to stay for a few months. He's trying to get his life in order. Can I bring him here? And I was like, is he safe? And he's like, yes, he's safe. And I'm like, fine. Well, I'm a stay at home mom at this time, right? My kids are all in school. And so who's home with this boy? Me. And so I'm like, what am I going to do with this kid?" Guess what he's interested in? He's interested in bodybuilding. And so I'm like, "Ah, we're going to the gym. So I'm taking him to the gym, day three of us at the gym, because I was always trying to go to the gym and lose weight. At this point, I was no longer uh, obese. I was just overweight. I had used Nutrisystem, lost a lot of weight, gained over half of it back. But like, I was just like an overweight person at this point. And he comes up to me like day three at the gym. And I'm like, writing in my notebook, like what I'm going to do. He's like, what is it you're trying to do? And I was kind of annoyed because he said it kind of (laughs) upsetting. I'm like, I'm really trying not to be fat. And he says to me, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, I was just at a point where I was willing to accept whatever somebody had to say that didn't seem stupid. And he's like, come over there and lift with me. And he's pointing to like the area with all the heavy weights where all, we call it the man cave in my gym. And I was like, I've never been in there. Like I stay on these machines and I lift from this little set of weights. So he's like, come over here, start lifting with me. And we did. And we lifted together five days a week for three months. Now, because he was living with me, he also saw what I was eating. He's like, you know what I see you doing? He's like, you eat almost nothing all day. He's like, you, eat, you live on air and you're in that pantry every night he's like, here's what you're going to do. He's like, you're going to start eating meat and vegetables. Wow. And like, I put up a little <laughs> bit of, a fight. Cause I was like, I don't really like that. I did. I was a 40 year old woman who didn't eat vegetables guys. Yeah. I was like, I don't really eat vegetables. Is like you do now. <laughs> he's yeah. like, figure it out. Like you're going to eat some vegetables and you're going to eat some meat and you're going to get out of that pantry. And I did it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know what I was doing, but what I was doing is eating enough protein, eating nutrient-dense food, getting my total calories under control because I'm not snacking all night long. And now I know what, why it worked, but I didn't know what I was doing. I reduced my total calories. I started eating healthy nutrient-dense food with plenty of protein and I started lifting heavy weights. Mm-hmm. And that was a life changer for me. Mm-hmm. I w- became immediately attracted to the idea that I could go into that gym and week after week, I was lifting heavier weight. Yeah. And I had never seen myself as an athlete. I had never seen myself even as a strong person internally, and it became very evident that I was a strong person because I was doing things week after week that I could not believe I was doing, and it like flipped a switch in my mind.
0: Lifting weights gave you like this ownership of your body and ownership. Absolutely,
1: of your body. it made me see myself as a strong person. And what I realized is I could do hard things because I literally saw myself doing it physically every day, and I'm like. I didn't think I could do that and I can. I wonder what else I can do. Mm-hmm. And it gave me this mental toughness as well.
0: Yeah. I mean it completely shifted the the story in your head about yourself because you're no yeah. longer this weak person who's trying to lose five pounds. Now you're this person yes. who can go to the man cave, lift yes. half weights, and then <laughs> a week later lift even heavier weights. Like you're literally creating a new story.
1: That's it. And you know, the results were dramatic for me. And it's I would, you know, I feel like I'm putting one of those ads like results not typical. Like, but you know, three months later, I looked like a different person. I, you know, I lost, I went from a size 16 to a size four. I was strong. I had muscle definition. Um, and that was literally just the beginning of my journey. Um, and he ended up moving on, he moved to California, but it was a life-changing experience for me. And that's kind of what started at that point. I was at the gym by myself and people would come up to me and they'd be like, what did you do? Like, I've been watching you. Like, how'd you do that? Can you help me do that? And so I just started helping people. And after like enough people said to me, like, you should do this as a job. You should do this as a job. I was like, maybe I should do this as a job. And so that's when I went and got certified as a, as a coach, as a as a personal trainer and uh, got certified in nutrition with precision nutrition.
0: Amazing. I think what's really cool is I relate to people who, Like weren't athletic and like didn't know anything about sports or their body because that was me too. But like, what it does is you like show that it's possible and you show that actually it's not just for the people who were you know on a sports team when they were thirteen. Like it is for people. You can learn to do this at any point in your life. It's not too late to learn how to do things.
1: It's not. It is literally never too late. I work with women all the time who've never lifted a weight who've never you know, and they start. I have a client this week who told me, she's like, uh, she's been with me for a year. She's been lifting. She's like, I just started taking swimming lessons. I can't believe I'm taking swimming lessons. She's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I cannot believe I have like, that this is even interesting to me that I feel like I can do this. And, you know, and that comes, that comes um, bit by bit but really like learning what our bodies can do at any age is so it's like it's like I said it's life changing. I'm doing crazy things all the time. You know, I know you're a runner. I've commi- I've never been a runner. I've always actually defined myself as not a runner. Even as since I've become a lifter, I was I was like, yeah, I don't like running. I can't do that. And like a little over a year ago, I'm like, that's a really limiting belief. Like I think maybe I have not become a runner yet. Right? I haven't become a runner yet. And so I actually um I bought this running program uh, little list fitness who she's freaking amazing. I bought her running program mm-hmm. and I started it. I got very ill last year with COVID and pneumonia. So I've had a, a, an incredible, I was sick from October through February. And I'm just now like just this summer, I'm back to being healthy. So I had to put it on hold. I'm going to tackle it again here. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm like, I'm going to become a runner. I'm 50. I'm going to be 51. When I really do it, I'm going to become a runner at 51 and maybe I'll hate it. And if I do fine, but I'll, at least I'll get there and I can tell you whether I like it or not, but I'm going to stop telling myself I can't do it
0: hmm Right. And that's the thing, like that story, like the limiting belief is just a story that we tell ourselves about ourselves because we have decades of evidence of that to be yes. true. Yes. Yeah.
1: But you can yeah. do evidence,
0: like you can just, and that's, I'm reading, I just finished one book that um, a physical therapist recommended to me, but it was called The Body, or no, The Brain That Changes Itself. And now I'm reading The Body Keeps Score. But really, both of them come down to like, you need to go do something physical with your body. Because when you go take an action, like it changes, it changes like what's happening in your brain. Oh,
1: 100%. I believe that 100%. I have so much evidence in my own life and my client's life of that exact thing. Which is why if you're a person and you're struggling, you're like... You know, if you want to to feel better in your body, you want to lose weight, and you find yourself struggling with emotional eating, overeating. One of the best things you can do is, in that moment when you catch yourself, just go outside and take a walk. Like, just like switch that. Like, like now I'm outside, and you're doing something with your body, and it gets you in a whole different state. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So, can we talk a little bit more about because you you hit something really important there, like the um okay. So you lost weight by lifting weights. I mean, being an active person and then also eating more uh, vegetables and pro- uh, protein. And I call that plants and protein. Same thing. Yes. Like like if you look at any fit person who like has their shit together when it comes to food, it's like the basic things. They became an active person. They stopped being sedentary. They lifted weights. And also they ate mostly vegetables and protein. Yeah. Um, but there's still that other thing too, like emotional eating. Cause it's like, it's not just like, like yes, tracking calories or macros, or I call the five P's. That like that layer of like what you're gonna put on your plate is important. But also, there's so much shit that will um, sabotage that. So can we talk about emotional eating a little bit? Was that an yeah. issue you had and you see in
1: clients? Yeah, this emotional eating. That, I think that had a lot to do with how I put so much weight on. I comforted myself with, with food, you know, as a young mom, any young moms out there know, like it is hard. It is a very intense and physical thing to have young children. I felt very overwhelmed. My husband traveled a lot. I just didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of help uh, just because how things was, he was in Europe all the time. And I was here with these little kids and I was homeschooling, which is now I look back I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? But, um, So, you know, I would get done with my day. I would really look forward to the moment I'd put them to bed and I would just eat. And I wasn't I wasn't a binge eater, but it was comfort eating. Like it made me feel better. It made me escape. And so this was a big deal for me getting past that. Um, and it's something I help my clients with now. And I will say to those of you who struggle with emotional eating, whether it's stress eating and those of you who do it, you know, like it just it's this physical thing, like. For me, technology is one of those things to this day I have to work through. Like I start having a tech problem on my computer, immediately thought I need a snack. And I have to recognize it and be like, you don't need a snack. You might need a break from this computer, but you don't need a snack. Right. And so the first thing I would say is if that is you, if you are a person who you like, yes, I do that when I'm sad, when I'm when I'm tired, when I'm stressed, I eat, start keeping a log. When do you do it? What are the triggers? You're likely gonna find a handful. For me, it's if my kids start bickering, if I'm having tech problems, overwhelmed with work, some kind of project where I'm having like a mental block, I immediately want food. And so I know that about myself now. Once you know what your triggers are, you can start approaching those. Then I want you to remind yourself, you are not going to tackle this issue with one go. This is a practice. You are going to practice this long-term. I'm seven or eight years into this, and it's still a practice for me. Do I do it very often? No occasionally it still happens, but you're you're going to fail your way to success with this. Don't yes. beat yourself up with it, right? Like you're, gonna pra- you're not gonna all of a sudden be like, I'm an emotional leader and now I'm not. Like I, there's nothing I can say to magic that away from you. Being aware is a huge piece of it. Write those triggers down. Then start trying to catch yourself in those moments and notice and be like, ah, I'm doing it. This is what I'm doing. Like, and even if you do nothing to change it at first, just starting to notice this is me and this is me doing that. Okay. Then I would say at a time that you are not doing this when there's nothing going on that's stressful, brainstorm a list of things that you could do to um manage that emotion, that emotion, that uncomfortable emotion you're having that has nothing to do with food. So if the emotion is overwhelm, what could you do to manage that overwhelm? Could you take a break? Could you pet your dog? Could you lay on the floor and take some deep breaths? Could you go out for a walk? Could you call your friend? Like brainstorm, whatever the emotion is. If you're lonely, same thing. What are things you could do if you're, whatever it is, have a whole running list and then go through and pick like your top three to five and have them somewhere accessible on your phone. If you're a phone person on a sticky note, then you start practicing. You notice when it happens and then you do that thing. And you give yourself a time and say like, you know what, for then every time I notice myself and I'm going to emotionally eat and I catch myself doing it because I'm getting good at that now, I'm going to give myself 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, I'm going to call my mom or I'm going to go out for my walk and then I'm going to see how I'm feeling. Most times you're not going to come back and eat that food. Most times you're not. Sometimes you will, because like I said, it's a practice, but you're going to start being a person who manages their emotion without needing food.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I think you hit on some like really key points, like that. This is a practice. It's not, you're not going to magically become a different person overnight. Um, and also like, it's about the food and also it's not really about the food at all. Like it's not. And so we can keep trying to look for the, the system or the juice cleanse or the whatever, but it's like, mm, you actually need to make sure that you're eating, but learn how to manage your yucky emotions.
1: Like, yeah, like. That. Like, look, yeah, there's nothing wrong. And look, and I would even say there's nothing wrong with occasionally using food to comfort yourself or to like help with emotions. Like we all have these good memories. Like for me, like sitting around eating s'mores, like that evokes a really fun emotion. Like it's nostalgic. I love it. Like I want that sometimes, you know, and if you're, if you're feeling like on occasion, like you just want some food, it's okay. Where emotional eating becomes a problem is, if it is your only coping skill for these emotions, that's a problem because you you have to deal with stuff in other ways because it doesn't actually fix anything, right? Have you ever been lonely and eaten ice cream and then all of a sudden, like you're not lonely anymore? Like that, that's not a fix. It's a temporary band-aid. So we want you to be able to deal with your emotions. So in that case, it's an issue. And the other time it becomes an issue is if it is preventing you from reaching your goals. And if you're a person whose goal is to get leaner and you're emotionally eating, it is likely preventing you from that. And so we what we want to do do is help you to be able to still do those two things. So that emotional eating isn't your go-to like, is it a normal human thing Sometimes, Yes. I'm not going to say you're going to wipe it out of your life, but we want it to get it to the point that it's not inhibiting you with your ability to um, manage your emotions or to reach your goals.
0: Yeah. You know what I love about this too, is that, so I, my whole thing was um, whole 30 fixed me whole 30 fixed mm. me for 30 days. Right because you can't emotional eat while you're on Whole30. But then what happens once you're done with Whole30, you're like, F it. Like, I'm just going to eat and I'm going to do whatever. But it didn't, it doesn't teach you the emotional skills. Like, it doesn't teach you anything about the, something that's besides food. Like, again, food matters. But like, I I would say that most adults are little five-year-olds that don't know how to manage their emotions. And if we can learn that, or like, like you said, um, if it's less frequent, it's less intense or the duration is longer. Like those are wins.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Most, I think more people do not have emotional eating as like a go-to fix for their emotions. And it's not the fix we think it is. It's just not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the diet won't. The, the new diet. The diet
1: can't fix it, and that's why. Like, look, even if it's a really, even if it's a really sensible way to lose weight, even if you're losing weight in a sensible way, if all you do is handle the food piece of it, you're gonna struggle. And you know, w- with the ladies I work with in my menopause weight loss course, and these things, I tell them all the time. I'm like, it is about the food, but it's also not about the food. And the first thing we're gonna tackle is the food because I know you guys want to see some weight loss, so we're gonna get that going first, and then. We get that going and then we go back and we're like, now we're going to talk about these things that are not about the food because to keep the calorie total, you're, to lose weight, you have to have your total calories under control, but we need to figure out why are they not always under control? And a big piece of that is this emotional eating part. And so we we get both of those wheels spinning and then a person can see long lasting progress, not just this quick whole 30 kind of uh, of weight loss because that underlying problem is still there.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you hit on that. Cause it's again, like people, but let me try this one, but there's this new one. Maybe that will be the fix. And I think you shared that like, Oh, Dr. Ross came out with this thing. Maybe that's the thing that's going to fix me. Isn't there this magical thing for me?
1: Yeah. And really one of the best things a person can realize is there is no one thing. There is no one thing. Um, if there was a one thing I would say it is getting your relationship with food under control. That could be the one thing, but it's not, that's not just that. Mm-hmm. And there's no product you can buy for that. That's the other thing. If you think there's a product out there to buy, that's going to be the one thing. It's not. It's inside of you, like doing the work to fix this stuff. That's the thing.
0: Mm-hmm. What does, um, for you, like on a daily basis, what are the things that you do for yourself to keep these things in check? Because it is a daily practice, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not just like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. What do you do to make sure you're taking care of yourself?
1: So at this point in my life, this stuff has become very habitual. And I'd say that is the goal for people is building these habits. So getting into place in your life and, you know, for a while, it feels like you're pushing against, you're pushing against gravity to get there. It's hard, right? To get these habits in. And then after a while, you can kind of coast on your habits because you've worked to build them. And so for me, building daily habits of I move every day. I don't have a single day where I am not moving my body. This does not mean I do intense workouts every day because I don't. I work out three to four times a week lifting weights. Every day, though, I go outside and walk. If it's cold or hot, I will walk somewhere else. I go to the mall and walk. I go to Target to walk. Like if we're in the middle of a snowstorm and it's icy in Pennsylvania, I frankly, I just bundle up. I have really nice boots and a big coat and a hat cuz I like being outside. I think nature is healing. Like I feel better out there. But if it gets to the point it's too cold, I'll walk at Target. You right. So for me, moving every day non-negotiable. So working to build that habit. You know, working to build habits like I will eat nourishing food every day. I actually posted about this on my story yesterday. I was having a moment of stress and really I just wanted pretzels. I just wanted pretzels. And I really have pretzels. we had this big bag of pretzels and I had to be a grown up. And I said to myself, like, you're not just going to sit, you're not even going to open that bag of pretzels till you make the salad, right? So I made the salad, used the yummy garden tomatoes. I put the pretzels, got my serving, put it on my plate. And I went and sat outside where I like to eat and I ate them together. I had my serving of pretzels. I had my salad. So every day I eat vegetables, which is crazy for me. It's still to me shocking because I literally didn't eat vegetables eight, nine years ago. I didn't eat them. And I like them now. That took a long time. So I eat vegetables, I eat protein, I move my body, I lift weights, making these things habitual. How do I get that in? Look, I run a business. I have teenagers. I have. I do volunteer work. The way I get it in is I schedule this stuff. That is, that is my system for success for this. On a Sunday afternoon, I look at my week ahead. I figure out when am I going to get my workouts in. For some people, it works really well to have an exact time. Like I work out at 530 after work, right? It doesn't work as well for me, so I every Sunday I schedule like it's this day, it's that day, it's this day, it's at this time, and then I like that's my appointment, like I keep that, and I do the same thing um, with like when am I going to plan my meals? I usually plan my meals on a Friday so I can go shopping on a Saturday, and I put all this in my phone notes because that's the way I live. But I don't just wing this stuff. Like I don't healthy food does not disappear on my plate. (laughs) Like I plan my food. I go do the shopping and I plan, when am I going to do the shopping? And then I still plan my food every night for the next day. Like I know what I'm, whether I'm calorie counting or not, I know what my food is going to be. I know what my treats are going to be. I know what my vegetables are going to be. I plan this stuff. I know when I'm going to get my walk-in. Like I put, I have a checklist every day of what I'm going to get done. And I put the walk in the order. This morning, I was like, it's going to be before I I come on this podcast. I've already gotten my one walk-in for the day. I usually do several. I just feel better that way. But there's going to be at least one and I schedule it and I keep it. It's an appointment.
0: Yeah, that's, no, it's so good hearing that. Um, Also, it's so funny. Like I hear you say these things. I'm like, ah, like, like it's literally the same. Like what you're saying is literally the same thing that I talk about on the podcast constantly. You don't have to start with lifting weights. What if you just started with a daily walk? What if you just started with that? And then we can build up to other things as well. But let us I want to talk about motivation because a lot of people, I'll have a lot of people think that they should be excited and enthused to do all of these things. And because they're not excited, they think that they're just not going to do it. So what do you have to say about that?
1: (laughs) I think that that is such a reasonable thing to think. And it's so wrong, (laughs) right? It feels right because we've been told that, right? We need some kind of motivational quote or a really good song. We need that feeling to do these things. And it feels right to us that that's what we need. And it's really backwards. That comes after. And sometimes it doesn't come at all. You will have times when you're motivated, often when you're starting a new, like you'll get this moment of like, I'm, I'm going to be a runner, I'm going to be a lifter, I'm going to lose the weight, here's my new thing. Well, have this burst of motivation. And when you have that, go with it, man. Like that's a good feeling. It can help you use that time to build really strong habits. Frankly, when you're feeling motivated, get some habits in place, really practice them. I'm telling you this is not like it might happen to you I'm telling you it will happen to you that is going to go away that feeling always goes away it comes and it goes and it's not always predictable so be ready for that be ready for your that motivation to not be there and what can carry you through then one are those habits that you've worked on building and two is reminding yourself you don't need motivation to do these things what you need is a decision you need to decide I am a person who does these things, whether I feel it or whether I don't feel it because I want X result. And so I do these things when you, and then when you're like, I just, how do I even get up then, Kim? Like, I don't even feel like I'm sitting at my desk. I know I want to walk, but I don't, I don't feel that feeling to do it. You remind yourself it is action. That's going to get me feeling that again. And so I'm going to pick the smallest thing I can do. Like I'm literally going to go out and I'm going to walk for two minutes and that's all I'm committing to. You're going to get out there. You're going to walk for two minutes. And then you're our first, you're already going to be out there. We are an object in motion, you know, right? An object in rest, days of rest, an object in motion. Get yourself moving. Take the action first. You will feel more motivated when you're actually doing the thing. And so there's that little bit of grit that we just have to push ourselves to do it. And what can really help is having the thing you're trying to do not even require that much motivation. Like, Do you need a ton of motivation to walk for two minutes? You don't need a ton. You just need to make yourself do it. Do you need a ton of motivation to say like, I will eat one serving of vegetables today. Like it doesn't take a ton. You've not revamped your whole life. So you just start with these small things and you commit to them and you make a decision. I will do them. And then you have this whole host of habits and then you're getting results and that is when the, the motivation comes. When you start seeing results, then you feel motivated again, and then you use that and you build some more good habits. There's just it's gonna come and it's gonna go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that that's huge. And you, uh, I was thinking about Atomic Habits, and he talks about the two minute rule, and I could hear that, like with the, the two minute walk or the one serving of vegetable. It's basically the same thing. Just do this one small thing,
1: even if you don't feel yeah. like it. <laughs> Absolutely. Even if you don't feel like it, stop waiting for the feeling, right? It's just, there's so many times it's just not going to come. I can't even tell you, even to this day, there are sometimes I'm like, the last thing I feel like doing is going down to the gym to work out because look, I'm really jazzed about my business. I'm jazzed about helping these people. I want to sit here and keep creating my thing. Like that's what I want to do, but I do it anyway. You do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And once I get down there, then I'm excited to be there. Friday night, I never want to go work out, but we go, we've been going to, um, a
0: CrossFit gym in our neighborhood and it's good because we see humans, which we never get to see. But like, <laughs> I never want to go ever. I never want to go. Cause it's Friday. I want to go home and I want to sleep and I want to just veg out. But I'm, even if I have a crappy workout, I'm just like, whatever you made it like great work. That's it. Mm-hmm. it a lot of times it's a crappy
1: workout. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and those, those come too, but it doesn't feel good to just like do it. Like I did it. Mm -hmm. it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Tell me more about, so you didn't eat vegetables. Can you tell me how you became a vegetable
1: eater? Yeah. So, and when I say that I'm not messing around here, like my entire life from a kid to like when I was in my early forties, I ate corn on the cob. I was very easy. And I don't really know if that even counts. Right. And I ate creamed spinach, which again, like, and I didn't do it very often once I was an adult sure. as a kid, like, but otherwise I didn't eat vegetables. Like when I'd go out with my girlfriends and they'd all get salads, I'd be like, I guess we're doing this. Right. So I put, I'd get a salad and I literally would, I'd like move it around my plate and like maybe eat an olive and a crouton or something. I just didn't like it. So when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to like vegetables. I made a list. And I was like, which one seemed like the least like offensive to me. And I was like, all right, like spinach. Cause I know I like it with cream mm-hmm. and lettuce, like that felt less those that that's what I came up with at first. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to start eating a little bit of that. And so I just started eating a little bit of salad stuff and it was mostly dressing with like spinach leaves and a little bit of lettuce. And it was really small. And so I started doing that. And then I I, as I was going and I was like, okay, I need more vegetables. And I was like, how do I like to eat regular food? I like my food grilled and I like my food covered in onions and garlic. And I'm like, all right, like, can I do something with that? And so what I started doing is I got garlic paste. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen garlic paste. It's literally garlic in a tube. There's nothing else in it. It's just garlic. And I started like putting it on, I would get zucchini and shred it up and like pour a ton of garlic paste on it and throw it on my form and grill. And I'm like, I can eat that. Like I can eat that. It mostly just tastes like garlic. And so I was like, okay, what? And so then I started doing zucchini in different ways on the grill. I would do like slices of zucchini with the garlic. I did everything with garlic and I just grew from there like a little bit. I'm telling you, it was small amounts and really think about how do you like your food? Most people aren't going to like a boiled bag of vegetables. Like I still, to this day, I don't eat green beans. I don't eat them. And I don't eat peas and I don't eat any vegetable boiled. I don't do it. Like I don't make myself do it. I don't need to. So right now I could probably name like 40 different vegetables and different ways to prepare them that I do like, like, I love asparagus now. I love broccoli now, Mm -hmm. but I want my broccoli prepared a certain way. Don't you boil me some broccoli and expect me to eat it. I like to stir fry it. Like I, I like it, um, roasted. I think that's great. That was another one. I put a bunch of vegetables on a sheet pan and covered them with all the yummy different seasonings like basil and oregano, put some olive oil on and roasted them. And I would take a really small bite. So I'm like, I don't love this at first, but like, I can do this. Like I can do this now. I love that, but that's a practice. Like it really is a lot of exposure. So think if you're a person, you're like, I don't really like vegetables. It's healthy for you. It's going to help you lose weight. Okay. How can I prepare them? And if seriously, I didn't go this route, but if the way you can pal- like make them palatable is to put some cheese on it, do that, put some cheese on your broccoli. Eventually you'll get to the point where you can eat the broccoli without it
0: again, this is so opposite what a lot of the all or nothing diets will teach you because it's like, we'll just have that, you know, that lettuce salad with uh onion or an onion, uh lemon juice, lemon juice, because it's yes. the lowest calorie, but it's I was like, not going to do that. No one likes that. It doesn't taste good. And like right? when you're talking, like even just like seeing your face talk about roasting vegetables, like I can see the excitement in your face because you like eating it.
1: Yeah. But like just
0: hearing like a gross, you know, a plate of, lettuce with lemon juice or like I wouldn't have
1: done and I will tell you at this point in my life if for some reason I need to do that I would do that and I might even like it. But seven years ago I'd have been like there's no way. Like I would have done it day one. By day three I'd have been like I'm not eating this anymore. Like I'm not doing that. And so you know I found dressings I like and added things on and it works over time. You have to, you have to start small and you have to think about yourself. Like how do I like, and if like for some people, their vegetable, like might be peas, I will not eat peas, but you might be like, I think I could eat peas. All right. Put 10 peas on your plate. See, go for it. See how that
0: goes. No, I think that's awesome. Cause especially if you grew up as someone who didn't eat vegetables and you just ate a lot of processed food, Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how you grew up. And then someone's like, here's this kale salad. Like kale tastes disgusting when you first have kale. Yeah. You're like, then you learn, oh, I, I guess I'm not a person who eats, eats vegetables. I never eat that instead of like the two minute rule. Well, how can we have something that you will actually do? Um,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, and I was that person guys. Like I was living on like in my twenties and thirties, like Kraft mac and cheese and noodle Roni. Like that's what I ate. And so look, if that's you, Start trying to add a little bit of vegetables into that. That's a, a way to go. Start trying to add vegetables into your shakes. Like I may, I was never a shake person until I got sick. And then recently when I was sick, I needed to eat vegetables, but they were so unpalatable to, again to me because I was just so sick. I started throwing every vegetable I could into this shake. Frozen okra, frozen okra has no taste in a shake. Find frozen okra. It has a lot, a lot of nutrients in it. Put it into a shake with like bananas and berries yeah it's so good. Same thing with spinach. Like I put tons of frozen okra and spinach in this shake. You can get a lot of nutrients.
0: Was this this past year? When yes. You that here? was literally
1: this year. I discovered frozen okra.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think like that's huge too. Like knowing that you have still had to figure out, well, what's going to work during this period of my life? Yeah. Like, it wasn't all solved. Like so you lost weight when you started working out with this 19 year old, but like Mm -hmm. not everything in your life was actually solved during that. Like it's no years. It was a,
1: it was years journey. And then you go through different seasons in your life and you have to find new things. And when I was really sick this year, I, um, I had to cut out a lot of things in my diet because it was, it was irritating my vocal cords. And so the doctor is like, cut out all these things. And basically all the things I could cut out is all the stuff I just told you guys. I like, no garlic, no onion, no pepper, no spicy seasonings. Um like it my list became so small because everything I had vocal cord um dysfunction and everything was irritating them. <laughs> and so I had to have this really bland diet and I'm like how the heck am I getting vegetables in now? And my throat hurts. The last thing I want to do is eat a salad with no flavor. And that's when I started concocting these crazy shakes with a with all the frozen in it, so you ha- and you'll go through seasons for whatever reasons and you'll have to reinvent like what works for me now it's not a once and done
0: yeah i know and that makes sense though but this is like like eating vegetables um has become part of your identity yes and so while this time you were sick a lot of people like if you're on a diet and you were sick you you would have been like all right well I'm not doing this anymore, but it has become intertwined into who you are. So you figured out a way to make
1: it happen. That's exactly it. You know, and I've become a person who eats vegetables. I've also become a person, and I was not this person before, who looks for solutions, not excuses. And this is a big part of my coaching. Whatever the struggle is you're having practice being a person who looks for solutions, not excuses. It would have been really easy for me to be like, I'm sick. Like, I guess I don't need to eat vegetables. Like that hurts my throat and I can't have flavor, but that was not my go-to anymore. Like my go-to was like, okay, here's the issue. I can't do X, Y, and Z. What can I do? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a really, and a lot of people are that way with other things in their life. Like we're, we're competent women who have amazing careers, right? But we're not that way with our health habits. We're definitely, if you're a person who is not active and who struggles with their weight, you are likely not a person who looks for solutions when it comes to your health and fitness. Start practicing how you could be that. Notice, like whenever you you have an excuse for like, I can't go out to walk today, because what is the excuse? And brainstorm some solutions. There's always a solution. Mm-hmm.
0: Why do you think it was important to you that you were still eating vegetables? Like, like it was to be sad, like you're just a person who does that, but like during the time you were sick, why, what?
1: Because it's what a healthy person does. Yeah. Like they're good for us. Like, and yeah. I knew that. And being at a point, like, I mean, I was really sick. I was actually concerned. Like, is this my new life? Like, am I, gonna, I was so sick for so long. I'm like, I need to optimize my health here. Like, what does a person trying to optimize their health do? Well, one, they need to eat healthy. Like yes. I can't lay here eating vanilla ice cream anymore because my throat hurts so badly. That's what I was doing. I'm like, I got to get this figured out. So vegetables was top of my list because I want to optimize my health.
0: Yeah. 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 Like that, like eating healthy foods is going to help you be healthier. Yeah.
1: And I was like, I don't know what level of health I'm going to get back to, but it's certainly going to be higher if I can, you know, nourish my body appropriately.
0: Yeah. So you had COVID, you said October to February?
1: Yeah. And it's never been official whether it was pneumonia, whether it was COVID. I'm completely convinced it was COVID because I've had pneumonia before. I got sick in October and second week of december i was still getting worse i was getting progressively worse and at this point my family physician who happens to be a good friend of mine she's like we need to bring some specialists in she's like your no medicine was working i was on every medicine i was i was literally in bed like i was in bed from october through January. Like, I couldn't get up. I, I was anything I did exhausted me. I lost my ability to speak. I was like, I couldn't talk. It was terrible. And so I had to bring on a pulmonologist and I had to bring on an ear, nose, and throat doctor and an allergist, and they all worked together. And the pulmonologist is like, look, we're never going to know. Was it wasn't pneumonia? was it COVID? Was it a combination of the two? Was it just like a really terrible conglomeration of all kinds of things that, you know, major, I had problems with my lungs. I had problems with my throat, with my nose. Like it was a mess. And, uh, I've never been so unhealthy in my life. It was a big defining moment for me that I'm not just a person who works out for aesthetics. I'm not just a person who eats healthy for aesthetics. Like this is about my life. Like I need to be that person. And you know, when I had to just lay there for three months, <laughs> Like I just lay there, getting up to go for a walk was not going to help me. What was going to help me was going to sleep. And so I had to be a person who like, I sleep. Like I'm, I'm a person who sleeps to get healthy. Mm. Yeah. Health crises, they do a lot to clear up, um, why we're, why we're doing the things we do hmm
0: Was that hard for you to let go? Um, you weren't lifting weights and walking during the time. Was that hard for you to mm-hmm. let go? Or you were just like, oh. that's out the window right now.
1: At the beginning, it wasn't hard because I just kept assuming I'm going to get better soon. Like I've been sick before, who hasn't? And I've had pneumonia before and I was good, sick for a good three and a half weeks. So at the beginning, it wasn't hard. I'm like, all right, it's fine, whatever. But you know, when I'm a month and a half in, yeah. when I'm two months in and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what do I do now? like that was really hard that was very yeah. challenging, and you know coming back from it was not easy um I started you know i I talked to my coach and I'm like, I need an easy way to come and by easy i mean gentle way right. to come back in and so I started my comeback with like three exercises a couple times a week, and it was like me doing an exercise and like sitting down to rest because yeah. because it took so much out of me so being that person like being that out of shape again that was That was hard. I was a that was a hard moment because right, I'm a really fit person, and now I'm a really fit person who can do ten goblet squats with like ten pounds, and has to sit and like take a little mini nap in the gym before I do the next thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: we were just talking about the like in the topic. he talking about that identity and like that being taken away from you. So then it kind of shifted your identity. Okay, I'm a person who can do the healthiest thing for me, and maybe that is taking a rest and not doing a bunch of burpees right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people at this moment in time, there is kind of this identity crisis going on. Like we're coming out of COVID and people who used to be healthy or they used to be fit or they used to be thinner are coming out of this and they're not feeling the same anymore. And I think embracing wherever you are in this season and just saying like, even if you don't feel okay with it, just recognizing like, this is where you are. Like, this is where I am like fighting with where you are, isn't going to help you. Like me having a hissy fit at myself about where I was at that point, like feeling bad about it, being annoyed by it, you know, trying to push harder because I was a person who used to be able to push harder. None of that was going to help me. So wherever you are at this moment is where you are and trying to just say like, it is where I am. I'm going to meet myself here and I'm going to go from where this is. Like this, this is the best me I've got right now. (laughs) And so we go from there. Right.
0: Because you can't go back to, I think you said it at the beginning of the podcast, but like beating yourself into submission right now would just throw you back onto the bed. Like it would
1: not help you be healthier. It's true. It's true. It never works. Like fighting with our bodies, beating ourselves into submission, coming from a place of hate, coming from a place of negativity. Do people do it? Sure. Have I done it? Sure. Can it work in the short term? Yeah. Like I lost weight plenty of times. Like being really mean to myself, it never stuck it never stuck. you know it when you get to a place where you can do these things because you love yourself because you want the best for yourself, these things stick
0: mm-hmm. how How are you doing now since february? How things i'm been?
1: I'm all better now. It took a really long time. I was still very sick up until January and then started feeling better um but like I said, I was on this crazy strict diet for months um, until my vocal cords healed and they're, they've they been totally healed for a couple of months now. And I have residual issues. I now am a person who has asthma, never had asthma a day in my life. Like I'm on a lot of medications to um, keep myself in good health, but I feel in good health now.
0: Good. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to teach the my listeners? Anything you want to leave them with as we close out? Oh gosh!
1: Anything else I want to leave you with? There's always so many things to say. I feel like I've said a lot. Um, ladies over forty, it's not too late. Do not think it is. I and mean, this is the this is the population I work with, and they struggle to believe that it is there is still time for them. You have you are just beginning. Like I'm 51 and I still feel like I'm just beginning. And so if you're feeling tired and beat down from a lifetime of yo-yo dieting, no, it doesn't have to last. Like you don't. It's not that until you die. It doesn't have to be that way. Amazing. Where's the best way for uh, people to connect with you and find you? So you can find me on Instagram, Kim Schlag Fitness. My last name is S-C-H-L-A-G. Um, I have a podcast, um, Fitness Simplified with Kim Schlag. You can check me out there. Um, those are two really good places to find me. You can find me anywhere at Kim Schlag Fitness. I'm on all the platforms. So I'm on TikTok and YouTube and all the things. Amazing. And you have a program coming up this fall? Yes. So my menopause weight loss course, I released it last spring. I'm relaunching it again in the fall. Um, it is, it is a program that is specifically designed to help women over 40 lose weight, stop yoga dieting, feel comfortable in their body and become a person who is that fit active person. They've wanted to be their whole life.
0: Amazing. Great. Thank you so much, Kim.
1: All right. Thank you.